Welcome, Niner fam. This is Peter Lucas, and this is the Niner Fanatic Podcast. Uh, I'm here today with a special guest. Uh, you've seen him on Twitter. You've seen him in the Twitter spaces. You've seen him on his own podcast, Niner Talk with uh, Jasper and Jamal. Uh, this is Jamal Armstrong. So uh, I'm I'm really happy to have you here with me today, and we're going to talk some MC uh, West. So uh, how are you feeling today, uh, Jamal? I'm feeling well. Thank you for having me on the podcast, first and foremost. I know I've talked with you just for a few minutes before we went live here, but just to say it again, uh, it's been nice hearing you talking spaces. I know that's where we first connected with one another. So I uh, always appreciate your thoughts and opinions. I'm the type of person that enjoys hearing other people's thoughts and opinions. We all like football and we all watch it from our own you know, two eyes, right? So we hear it, we see things a certain way. And I'm the type of person that enjoys listening to other people talk about football, seeing how they um, I may not agree with everything everyone says, but I like having my thoughts and my beliefs, you know, tested as well as it allows me to see things from other angles to think, you know what, had I not heard somebody else say that, I never would have thought that. So uh, always appreciate listening to you, talking with you during spaces as well. And it's nice to uh, join the podcast with you as well, too. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah. Hey, man, the feeling is mutual. Hey, like, yeah, I've uh, I've admired your work, like, uh, from what I've seen on the Twitter space, like you were talking about Twitter spaces and even your your podcast uh, with uh, which with uh, Jasper. And mm -hmm. uh, it was uh, I mean, you guys got some great content going over there. And I know you're working with with uh, Eric Crocker also. Uh, so, yeah, like uh, you guys do great work. And let's just get into the uh, I first want to talk about the the coach, all the coaching changes like we're in the. We're in the off season now, and mm -hmm. it's slow content for everybody right now. We're looking for things to talk about, but the one of the main things coming up right now is free agency. Teams are kind of jockeying, getting their getting their coaching, uh, their coaching staffs together so that they can know what players they need to bring in because you're going to have different uh, different coaches, different schemes, different set mindsets. Um, the 49ers, they we lost. We know we lost Mike McDaniel to uh to the Miami Dolphins and right. added Anthony Lynn at, as our running game coordinator. We really don't have a offensive coordinator per se, but uh but I not that we really need the need one with Shanahan. And uh and then we also got still got D'Amico Ryan's stays on as uh, our defensive coordinator, which was a huge, huge keep by us. Uh, also we they brought in Brian Flurry in as a tight end coach. I don't know really how much that's going to really affect anything, but uh, but how do you feel about losing Mike McDaniel and uh, and what do you think Anthony Lynn brings? Absolutely, that's a great question. Um, you know, when it comes to Mike McDaniel, it's one of those things where you know maybe 49ers fans and you know us outside of the organization we don't know exactly what he's bringing to the table, but from all accounts from everyone that's that talks about him, you know they say, wow, this dude's a genius in the run game. I have to believe what I've heard, too. He's been with Shanahan for, I think they were closing in on 15 years together, uh, whether it be Mike or Kyle, if we're going to be, you know, he's been with the Shanahan family for so long. So when it comes down to that, I I don't know if we're going to end up feeling the 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 loss because we were able to bring in an Anthony Lynn, who also is very good in the run game as well, too. But I do think in the locker room, those guys will know it. He's been, you know, like I said, with Shanahan for so long. It's one of the more interesting things to me because we don't know exactly 
what he did in terms of the run game. I know they've talked about like the creativity. So that makes sense. I don't know if he was, you know, for certain run designs that if what he was doing with that, but when it comes to the creativity, that's the word I keep hearing players talk about, not just, you know, analysts or anything like that. It's the players. They say, Oh, this guy's got one of the more creative minds. So I think we're going to end up looking back, maybe not necessarily feeling or knowing the exact thing that we lost with him, but I think, just to offset offset that with the hiring of Anthony Lynn, we're going to be able to see some of the, we won't feel the, the impact as much because of Anthony Lynn. This is a guy that's coming in and he, he consistently produces top 10 rushing attacks, whether it be as a team aspect with the team rushing yards or uh, having a lead back in like a Fred Taylor or a Melvin Gordon who goes off for a thousand yards as well too. So I love the, the Anthony Lynn signing. Uh, I do think that we will miss Mike McDaniel, but because of the signing of Anthony Lynn, it'll probably be less impactful, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. And it's and uh, and I loved what you said about how uh, about the impact, because I really think that and especially what you talked about with the locker room, because uh, I just think that Anthony Lynn, uh, we don't really he's by all accounts, he's had he's had really good effects on locker rooms. He's a locker room. He's a uh, player guy. Uh, right. But, it's just a different dynamic, and uh, and I and I'm really interested to see how he affects the play calling of Shanahan. Uh, when I mean he doesn't really come from a, a kind of a zone based running mm-hmm. game, so like I'm just interested to see how that dynamic dynamic works uh, together. Of course, I had to mention my boy Javi uh, mentioned in the the hat. This hat actually I won this from uh, a mock draft uh, contest that he put out along long time ago oh that's amazing i love that by the way that's super nice but uh but yeah thanks for that hobby and uh but uh yeah hobby's awesome good man yeah no love the guy like he's really hobby actually uh quick story was he was the one that kind of inspired me to to start podcasting like uh, because uh, we've been talking about content a couple years back so uh yeah but uh hobby's great and that's awesome i've talked to him as well too over the past few months and he's been one of one of the more uh, nicer, more down to earth people I think I've met through this, you know, content creating uh, system. He's been one of the more nicer guys, uh, always nice and gener- generous with his time. So I absolutely understand where you're coming from with him. I think a lot of people, you know, from the outside looking in can, can think, oh, look at these content creators. You know, there's no way I could talk to these guys. And it's the furthest thing from the truth. I've talked with many people. And really, at the end of the day, we're all just human beings, right? Like we all enjoy football we all enjoy the sport it's just as simple as that and you know some people are given opportunities because they work for them so i think a lot of a lot of times people can say oh you know this person might be like that there's no way i could ever talk to him couldn't be further from the truth i think hobby hobby's one of the nicer guys out there really appreciate his content as well yeah for sure big up to him big up to john chapman john chapman's mm-hmm. another one that's uh, got giving me some advice along the way too so uh yeah thank you guys appreciate that uh but Kind of moving on to uh, the Seahawks. The Seahawks actually had quite a few uh, moves. Not, not quite a few, but they had a few moves. They have a new defensive coordinator in uh, Clint Hurt. Uh, he's mm-hmm. their uh, he was their D line court uh, coach, and uh, but he said in uh, in a couple of interviews that he wants to start using more three four concepts in their defense, and he wants to be more aggressive. And uh, they actually fired Ken Norton, who was their previous DC who I think actually may be a candidate to come on the 49ers staff, maybe right. down the road. Um, 
but they also how long was Ken Norton there with the Seahawks? Do you know? The Two or three seasons? How long he's was Ken Norton with the Seahawks? He's been there a while because he was there. He had been a while. Coach. Yeah. Yeah, he had been their linebacker coach for years before before he became defensive coordinator. So sure. yeah, like uh, but they also signed uh well, who is it? Sean Desai. Uh, he mm -hmm. was the former Bears defensive coordinator and right. their associate head coach with the defense. I don't even know what that means. But but yeah. uh, <laughs> I think it essentially means second in charge after the head coach in terms yeah. of the de defensive players. It almost seems like it's like too many times. Sometimes I think these titles are a little too much and it's just a way yeah. to get some guys in the locker room, if that makes sense, or on the team in the organization. I don't know. Maybe I'm rambling on here, but I think these titles are a little too much sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, I completely agree. I was like, what? I mean, what is what does that that position even mean? Like, uh, it just just say he's uh, just say he's a defensive coach. Like, uh, right. Uh, but and then they got Carl Scott uh, in as the defensive pass coordinator. And of course, Shane Waldron is going to continue uh, mm -hmm. on as their offensive coordinator, which I think for Seahawks fans actually uh, is was kind of a surprise. I think they thought that they were going to fire him. <laughs> like, right, was, right, uh, right. Yeah, it was uh, it was not a good look last season, um, but they run a wide to mid zone run game similar to what McVay uh, does because Waldron came from McVay's coaching yeah. staff. So, uh, what do you think of all the the coaching upheaval? I think that comes with uh, with when you have a losing season like they did, like they had to shake some things up. Uh, right. But what do you think of the of all the the coaching changes for them? You know, I. I... I can't sit here and say I'm shocked or surprised because as you just touched on right there, the way that their season really went and ended even, you had to make some changes. We don't even know yet if Russ is going to be gone or not or if it's going to be Pete Carroll. I don't think it's going to end up being either one of them at this point in time. I do think they want to, for lack of a better term, like run it back. I think they, I think they still want to work on it. When you have a quarterback like a Russell Wilson who is a legitimate franchise quarterback, you don't just move off those guys unless you get a real legitimate offer. So if you're not going to move off him, if you're going to give another second chance or how many ever chances you want to call it to Pete Carroll, well, then you have to make some changes in other places. Right. So I'm not I'm not really shocked to see Ken Norton go. Uh, I, I wouldn't say I'm shocked to see Shane Waldron back either. It's so early in his time there. I think that they have some things they can build upon. And I hate saying that as a Niners fan, but sometimes I think upheaval in terms of the coaching staff in terms of a reactionary because the season didn't go the way you went isn't necessarily the best thing but at the same time there's changes every single year so i'm not really shocked by it if that makes sense yeah i think the big the biggest part is him talking about using more of a three four uh concept and that that can really change what they do on uh, defense and it made me have to rethink like their uh, their defense, they have a lot of free agents. They have a lot of free That's agents. Right. So they have a, a chance this off season to make some clean breaks and some and bring in. It, it could be a completely new look next uh, next season for them. And it just makes me wonder what the uh, the guys that are stay, staying on, uh, like uh, like uh, what the what's the middle linebacker's name? Yeah, Bobby Wagner. Yeah, Bobby you got Wagner. Uh, Jamal Adams. Those are the two yeah. you know main guys. But like you said. Quandre Diggs, those guys are free agents. So yeah, so it's going to look completely DJ Reed even. Different. And uh, I, I just, I'm just really interested to see how that three four works out for them. Um, I but agree. The, Card the the Cardinals, like uh, of course, they didn't have much. What surprisingly enough, they didn't have hardly any changes, uh, except for so far, all I've seen is 
their uh, Brenton Buckner, the D-line uh, coach, left to the Jags, and they have Matt Burke now as their new D-line coach. Okay. Um, but their uh, Vance Joseph uses – he's another guy that uses kind of a 3-4 base, but he uses 4-3 personnel. Uh, mm, like, okay. uh, that, yep. And that's really what I saw. Uh, and it's 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 a kind of a really weird look, and I think that's why they have so much inconsistency on defense because mm. uh, they look so hot coming out, and then it just kind of fizzled. I think uh, teams kind of saw what they were doing and kind of took advantage of them using the wrong type of personnel in that 3-4 scheme. Um, but uh, but they also use the air raid style of mm-hmm. offense with uh, mostly 10 and 11 personnel. Right. So it's like I, I just I don't think that the air raid is ever a, it's going to be a consistent style of offense. But especially when you have a quarterback like Kyler Murray, who's having issue leadership issues and right. uh, having and having his own his own head, headspace issues. I think that it just leads to a lot of confusion. I don't have a lot of faith in their head coach. Uh, so right there with how, you. How do you feel about the Cardinals. I mean, I don't have much more to add to that. I'm, I'm legitimately right there with you on all of it. I do think that I, I've never trusted the air raid in the NFL. It, it works better in college, and I think you can get by with it in college to an extent even there. Uh, we've seen it now for, I would say, going on three years now. In the second half of the season, it's the Cardinals that they find a way to kind of, I, I would call it a meltdown. They change, they, they're, they're not the same at the beginning of the season as they are at the end of the season. And really football uh, sports in general, I think is about momentum. And when you're playing your best ball, it's nice to be able to play your best ball at the beginning of the season, but really you want to set yourself up to be playing your best ball at the end of the season. And if you look at the 49ers, we were the vice, we were the exact opposite really of the Cardinals. You know, they came out hot best team in football through like eight weeks, something like that Um, really fills it out. Second half of the season. And you have to look at you have to start looking at the head coach. You have to start looking at, you you know, like you said as well, your quarterback. One, can he continually can he continue? Can he stay healthy? First and foremost, can he stay healthy for the course of a season? I think the talent's amazing. The talent's very apparent with the Kyler Murray. Can he continue? Can he stay healthy, though? That's always been the question since he's coming to the league. If your quarterback can't stay healthy. You're going to have concerns over, you know, who who do you have behind him? You know? And I think Colt McCoy did fine, but you have to also think when he when they played us the second time, we had Jaquaski Tart, we had Jimmy Ward out, and so we it was like we couldn't stop a nosebleed. That was really bad for us. For 49ers fans, 49ers fans should understand um, just how much we value the 49ers, or I would say how much this defense values and needs uh, two really top end type safeties as well too. That's a whole other subject, but. Um, Really, when it comes down to the Cardinals, I would say, yeah, there's questions, there's concerns there. It's still early in the offseason, as you, you and I talked about just before coming on. So things could still change. I don't know how much is going to change for them in terms of, you know, personnel or even coaches. I do think that they're going to have uh, – what's his name? What's the coach's name again? The head coach. Kingsbury. Kingsbury. I do think Kingsbury is going to be back. But his seat's got to be hot. It's got to be hot. This isn't just a one-time thing. This is a trend now. You got to start questioning. You got to start having those conversations. Is he the guy? You have to have that conversation about Kyler Murray too. I'm not saying you don't sign him. I'm not saying that whatsoever. But based off of his injury history, questions should be asked. That's all I'll say. For sure, for sure. Like uh, uh, Kingsbury is. I mean, he didn't win. He didn't win in college. He was a questionable mm-hmm. hire to begin with. Like uh, so right. 
it, it's uh, it's not surprising to me that he quickly flamed out. That he's quickly flaming out in the in the NFL, and it it doesn't surprise me that uh, it kind of doesn't surprise me that he doesn't have a lot of coaching changes because I think he he's really trying to prove that his system will work. Right. <laughs> And I think that because they did so well in the beginning of the season, uh, he's just going to blame. He's in his own head. He's probably just blaming injuries for for all of, for all of it. The the tailspin. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Kyler Murray, I think, is obviously very talented. He's got a cannon for an arm. Yeah. Super athletic. Uh, he's I, the I reason that system works. I come <laughs> back to the mental space. Like, and can he can he get all the ghosts out of his head? And yeah. the people who, whoever's talking to him, like, uh, because I always think that that's a big, a big thing with quarterbacks and players in general is, is who's in their, who's in their circle, who's mm-hmm. uh, giving them advice. And uh, he's had that, he had this, this problem in college. So yep. uh, like, uh, take that for what you will. But I just think that, uh, that, yeah, he's, he, he's, uh, he's definitely a question mark and that's not even bringing up the, the injury issues because He's a little. He's just a little guy. He's a little yeah. guy, and we always question: Would he be able to stand up to these grown men in the NFL? But right, I'm with you 100. The talent, the talent is apparent. The talent's never been the question with this guy, and he can't help that he's a smaller guy. Credit to him for making it to the NFL and playing the way he does. Like I said, I don't question his talent. He's a very talented kid, but at the same time. It's a business, right? So if you're not able to stay on the field, all I, all, all you and I are saying is questions can be answered or can be asked. That's not saying we're gonna, you know, move off you. And at the same time, he also has interest in playing baseball too, like legitimate, legitimate interest. That's not anybody making things up. Like we know he enjoys that as well too. So would could he potentially? I'm not even trying to be a hot take or anything like that. Could he potentially say, you know what? It's taking a toll on my body. It'd be smarter for me to go play baseball at some point. Could he do that? Yeah, potentially. I'm not saying he will, but I wouldn't shock me either. And then at the same, the last thing I wanted to say, just in in regards to Kingsbury and in the air raid offense here in the NFL, I'd say it works, but it works because you have a Kyler Murray who is really talented. I don't, and you have now a DeAndre DeAndre Hopkins. You know, it works because you have really good talent on that team. People don't really talk about the Cardinals as being maybe one of the better rosters in the league, but I do. I would put them in the top 10 in terms of roster wise, top to bottom. They have a lot of really good players. And I think that to me is a bigger piece of the pie of why they have had success. I know it's been early on. They kind of fizzle out in the second half. That's a really good, that's a really talented team top to bottom. And I think that kind of overshadows the fact that Kingsbury is maybe not the great, that great of a coach. Yes, like uh, because you can't have all those offensive weapons on that team with uh, uh, without without being on the hot seat. But with when they lose, like it just yeah, you got too much talent. You got too way too much oh, yeah. talent, and you got the quarterback you want. It's not uh, it's not even a question of whether he should be on the hot seat. I think their own fans. I listen to the Locked On podcasts a lot, and mm-hmm. uh, and that when they do the crossovers, uh, their own the Locked On Cardinals uh, podcasters. They uh, they they ready for Kingsbury to go too. Like, Man, <laughs> so it's, it, yeah, it's just uh, it's a lot. Like uh, it is a lot. It is a lot. There's speed everywhere on that on that team. I mean, you look at Zayvon Collins, Isaiah Simmons. Like there's speed everywhere throughout that team, and speed isn't everything, but speed absolutely plays a role. And I, I look at that team and I think, man, there's no way they should be falling off. 
year after year after year. Like I understand going through some slumps, you know, losing a game or two or three, like we've done that, but it's, it's been, this is kind of part of their DNA right now. That's kind of what they've turned into. It's not just once or twice. Once it happens more than once, you can start questioning these things and saying, okay, one injuries are a concern, but two, Kyler, what what, are you rallying the troops, right? You're the quarterback. You don't, you may not like it, but guess what? When you're in that position as a quarterback, more is asked of you. More is put on your plate. You're kind of held to a higher regard, whether you like it or not. At that position, that's what comes with it. And I know I've seen some people say, oh, you know, he's just mad at himself for throwing a pick. And, you know, he's mad on the sideline. And I say, you know what? I understand that. I think he is, but it's a bit more than that, right? It's not just like a a minute or two. His coaches on the sideline during games have come out and said, you have about 30 more seconds to sulk and then we got to move on to the next play. That's concerning to me. If I'm hearing that from a coach, a coach has to tell you that. Yeah, I'm concerned about that. This kid's not a rookie either. He's a few years, what, three years in now? Yeah. That's concerning to me. So I like him. I, I have no problem with this talent whatsoever. The dude can play. I would not mind that part. But the mental side and the the body language that comes out legitimate concern for me yeah for sure well, let's move on to the rams the, the now super bowl champion rams i mm-hmm. it really is painful for me to even say it like uh, right uh, <laughs> uh but yeah it's uh like uh, just a thing and i don't want to go too far into it but i mean all it took was a all it would have taken was a couple of plays for for us to be in that position but Right, right, right. Regardless, it's the the Super Bowl champion Rams. They uh, they lost their offensive coordinator, Kevin O'Connell, went to the Vikings as their new head coach, mm-hmm. uh, which I don't think that that's that huge of a loss, uh, being as McVay is really the the real offensive coordinator. Uh, right. The system should stay the same. Whoever whoever they hire, I don't think they've hired anybody to replace them yet. And uh, defensive uh, passing game coordinator. Uh, Ajiro Aviro was hired by the Broncos to be their new defensive coordinator. Uh, Chris Beak uh, for the Broncos is rumored to become their new uh, linebackers coach. And uh, the Rams continue to use uh, the Raheem Morris's version of uh, Brandon Staley's uh, 3-4 defense with less blitzes and an emphasis on coverage. Uh, mm-hmm. That's the notes that I have written down for the for the Rams as far as their uh, the scheme that they use. So – I think that they're going to have a, a really hard time signing uh, their their free agents. Yeah. They've got uh, Von Miller. They've got uh, OBJ, uh, which I don't think OBJ is going to be really that expensive. But uh, right. But Von Miller, I think he's going to ask for a pretty penny as his last last uh, hurrah uh, before he goes into the sunset, especially after the performance that he had in the Super Bowl and down the stretch in these playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna cost some money, uh, right? So, and but and they got they've still got Aaron Donald. They've still they've still got uh, uh, the cornerback. Yeah, Darius Williams. Yeah, well, yeah, Darius. He's a free agent, and mm-hmm. then but they've still got uh, the the guy on the other side taking a humongous part of their cap, uh, Jalen Ramsey. Right, and so it's they've got some pretty high priced guys on their squad and it's just it'll be interesting to see how um if anything changes for mm-hmm. them for as far as the the coaching goes but from a from a team standpoint i think that we may see as much as aaron donald wanted them to come back those guys to come back for and run it back 
Uh, I think that the team might go in another direction because I think that Von Miller is not coming back. In my mind, I I just think that it would be it wouldn't be a good idea for them to to kind of hamper. They they really if you really look at their stretch of uh, games in the playoffs, they it was real a lot of things had to go their way for them to right. get there. absolutely. And, uh, just the same thing happened for the Bengals, but I don't think that you can count on that same formula to make it there again with other teams adjusting. What do you think about that? I be, I think that's absolutely fair. I, I don't know where I land on Von Miller going back or not. And my, the reason I say that is I'm with you. He's definitely going to be highly sought after. And if I'm him, how do you, do you know how old he is? Is he 33, 32? Yeah, he's, no, he's older than that. He's he might be 34. Be, yeah, I think he's like 34, 35, somewhere around there. He's been in the league for a long time now. Absolutely. And so I don't see him signing more than a two year deal, probably not no longer than a two year deal. But I'm with you on him receiving one last nice paycheck, whether that be. You know, it doesn't have to necessarily be the he's not going to be the highest played edge or anything like that. And, you know, after at his next contract, but I think that he would look for a higher average per year right now. So my thing is, could the Niners potentially look at him? Yes, I think that the Niners can't. I think the Niners probably will, you know, in the words that we've been hearing lately, poke around. I think we'll see some of that. They'll probably do their due diligence. Does that mean they'll sign him? I don't know. But I I guess what I'm trying to get at is there's going to be multiple suitors for him. I still think there will be suitors for OBJ as well, too. But I think that right now OBJ will come cheaper because he is coming off of another ACL, right? Another ACL injury. So to me, that's really scary. I actually don't like that for OBJ. I feel bad for him. That's a that's a really bad precedent now coming off of two of those. So yeah. I don't think he's going to be expensive. And I know we'll we'll dive into free agents here in a little bit. So we'll probably talk a little bit more about those guys too. But yeah, I'm with you in in terms in regards to like their cap situation, the fact that they went all in and they did get a Super Bowl this year. I think that they would like to have certain guys come back, but I also think that they'll be able to stomach and understand, yeah, they're not going to be able to have everybody else back either. They've done a great job drafting as well too they haven't had you know a whole lot of picks but they've done a good job with it with those guys whether it be like sebastian joseph day i think they also drafted Ashawn robinson i think they did maybe they didn't yeah but there's been some guys that they've signed and it, it's worked out for them so i have to give them credit as much as you know it is the rams and i don't want to give them credit because it's the rams but you know they've made it work out so credit to those guys they won the super bowl they can live with whatever happens now i, yeah. I want one and that's how I feel about it, too. I think that even if they uh, – but I think that that's why they may take this as an opportunity. I think that they see it the same – they probably see it the same way that, hey, they were probably a big exhale when they got past Tampa Bay, and then for sure it was a huge exhale getting past us. Yes. Like, so, uh, And then they get to the Super Bowl, and the refs decide – not that blaming the refs, but the refs decide they're going to pull out flags at the end of the game after they didn't let everything go. Uh, and <laughs> that. So yeah. So like we we may we might as well just take our take our ring and now it's time now it's time like uh, let's just let these these older guys walk and like uh, and uh, thank you OBJ for for uh, for that first half <laughs> and uh, right uh, we're gonna we're gonna go in another direction now and we have a chance to rebuild without really rebuilding but just mm-hmm. letting a couple of high priced guys go and start start really uh, because. I've done some mock drafts for the the Rams. They don't they don't have a lot of picks up top. Nope. They've got a lot of late round picks. 
And, yeah. uh, and I think that the 49ers have shown also this, that you don't need to have high round picks like uh, those in those first and second rounds to get good players like uh, Elijah Mitchell, sixth round, like uh, Kittle, fifth round. Like, uh, I mean, we've made a living off fifth round picks. So Right. Once you're drafted, nobody cares about where you were drafted at. Right. In the league, they do not care. What do you do for me? It's all about your. It's all to me. It's all about your coaching staff. And they have they've shown they have good coaches. They can coach guys up. And mm -hmm. it is it is what it is. That's what the 49ers do. Also, they have they have really good coaches. They bring guys off the scrap heap and turn them in to uh, and turn those rocks into diamonds. Uh, right. Like, I mean, Chris Kasurik, he just pulling people. I mean, we just pull people off the street. <laughs> and yeah, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, there uh, Jordan Willis is just a world beater. Uh, and <laughs> Amena, who nobody knew who he was, they still <laughs> people still. Have, and I, I want to hear how you feel about this. The fact mm -hmm. that most national media and people in general don't can't name five guys on our defense. Yeah, I mean, I five guys on the total defense. You're saying on the total defense, they can't name five Ooh. guys. Yeah, that's crazy. I bet, like you said, I think I think they could probably name Fred Warner. Yeah. Some some will name some, not everyone. Some would be able to name Jimmy Ward. Some. Yeah. But it's mainly Fred Warner and Nick Bosa. Those and are probably it. the two only ones that they probably legitimately can name. I mean, not even then, right? During the yeah. during the Cowboys game, they're calling him Joey. Like, yeah. let's be real. They're calling him Joey too. Yeah, so I, I think you're right. <laughs> it's it is. It's, it's crazy that they that they just have this way of uh I mean they brought in Grant uh of Norman. To, uh, to yeah. be the quarterback to to start, they just brought him off the street, and he's starting all of a sudden. They're right. still they still end up winning some games with him, and then they've got a fourth round, uh, late third round rookie mm -hmm. that ends up uh, just growing before our eyes every single week to the point right. where he's starting uh, in the playoffs and doing a really good job. I, I just right. think that coaching. I get back to the coaching piece. Coaching is just everything. I think it's under an underrated element in the NFL. I think people trust too much in the players and not not enough in the, the coaching staff that they're putting together. I, I like that you said that, too, because I think I also apply a bunch of that philosophy there to the draft. You know, and maybe we'll talk about this. Maybe you and I will do another show at a, another later day after the draft or just before the draft or something like that. And we can talk about that as well, too. But. For me, my philosophy, we hear a lot of people talking about, oh, we need this corner or we need, you know, we need to go after this in the draft or edge, you know, things like that. And I, I agree with that 100 percent. I'd be I wouldn't be mad whatsoever if we drafted a corner or edge if we don't move up and we only have pick 61 there in the second. I've got no problem with that. Would I do it? Yeah. If it's my best player on the board, I, I would still go best player. And I think people that's what I mean by I like that you mentioned the coaches as well, too, because I can get a good player that has really good to elite traits. I'm not saying that we'll necessarily have that at pick 61, but I want to get the best player. And then I can also shape and mold him to fit certain schemes. Guys should be able to do that. Right. So. So for me, I like that you mentioned the coaching aspect. I think that does get underrated and people can get enam enamored with physical traits that the player has and think, oh, my word, he had six picks in college. He's going to come in and have probably five next year as a rookie. Well, not necessarily, but if he fits the scheme and he's limiting plays from even happening, talking about like a safety, for example, yeah, you're not going to see that in the stat sheet, but that's much bigger in the grand scheme of winning a game if he gets us off the field rather than just having, you know, 
11 picks like we saw with Trayvon Diggs, but he also gave up a thousand yards too. Like, come on. I think some people don't necessarily dive in and, re- and recognize that. And that comes back to coaching. So we shouldn't forget it. Yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, it's, and like you said, we will probably get, we'll probably for sure get together uh, after the draft or just before the draft, like, uh, and like go over some of that stuff. But uh, absolutely. But yeah, it, it's, uh, but coaching, I think uh, goes really under the radar and, the, because the 49ers can get guys in these later rounds that are athletes, like mm-hmm. and can run, and they're just athletes, but they might be a little raw, and like they might right. not have had come out of the best system in college. Uh, I mean, I think of Kittle didn't even really get a chance to show what he could do in college, and nope. uh, which made him fall right into their lap, and then they unlocked that coaching staff unlocked his ability. Uh, so you really don't know these players. You can look at their traits and look at what they're capable of. Uh, you just don't really know until they get into the scheme and uh, you find out that they're a scheme fit. So, Right, uh, right. And I like that you said that, too, because I actually do look for traits. And I think based off of what I'm seeing from the defensive line and the way that they bring in guys from year to year and really get the best bang for their buck, I have to believe that they're looking at traits, too, right? They, ha- yep. they look at a guy and say, like they look at an Arden Key and say, look, I think I can get something out of him. Okay, you know, through the first half of the season, it's it's not maybe going as well as we maybe think he could. Let's have him pack on some weight throughout the course of this season and see what happens. Let's slide, slide him into the slide him in over the guard in this NASCAR package and see what happens. And boom, the dude takes off and yeah. has what six and a half sacks on the season. So yeah. I do think they look at the traits. Oh, by the way, he adds a little bit of extra weight, doesn't lose any of his twitchiness. He's still a really athletic guy. He's getting home. Like, that's amazing. That's really good. So I do think they look at traits. But the other little piece that I'd add as well, too, is we see and we're seeing the sack production from a guy like Arden Key. We're getting extra um, results from a man who, who's coming over, you know, midseason. We're seeing Jordan Willis make certain plays when Nick Bosa goes out. I have to give credit to these, these two guys. Um, Eric Armstead. DJ Jones. I think that they create a lot of havoc and they allow other guys to eat. I'm not saying that those other guys aren't good, but I think that those two guys, Eric Armstead and DJ Jones, are two unsung heroes of really the entire defense. Yeah, for sure. They mess up the pocket. Like, that's what they do. They mess up that middle of the pocket and uh, you to where the, the quarterback can't step up. And when the quarterback right. can't step up in the pocket, like, it allows those edge rushers to just collapse on, on them. And uh, it's I think that I'm, I'm re- right with you. It pained it pained me in my heart to hear everybody talk about Armstead the way that they had been mm-hmm. uh, in last season. Uh, and and like even at the beginning of this season, he was playing out of position. We've been saying it for right. years. Right. <laughs> like, it's, uh, it, it's just we knew we had a good player. It was just he was playing out of position. So. Right. Yeah, yeah it was it, we could we could sit here and talk all day about. Uh, about the things that we feel the coaching staff should do or the people absolutely that they should bring in and uh, like uh, very rarely Octa were blue in the face. face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm but, with you. I'm with you. But the main uh, so 49ers, Rams and Seahawks I think are going to be competing for right. some offensive players in free agency um and the draft do uh because they have very similar schemes on offense. Um but it's going to be like a, it's going to be a, and all of them are kind of like against the cap in their own ways. 
just because mm-hmm. of the players that are on uh, for uh, Seahawks. The uh, Russ Wilson is taking up a humongous chunk of the cap, uh, more so right. than more so than the Rams and the and the 49ers. And uh, it's uh, the Rams. I think Stafford is he is I think he is Jimmy G with with uh, but has better arm talent. Clutch, clutch tendencies. Like if that yeah, makes yeah. sense. Like because I mean he he can make throws that Jimmy can't like and that's mm-hmm. really what it comes down to and that's really what the NFC Championship game came down to he made throws that Jimmy can't make and right. like it all came down to it but uh, but yeah getting back to the the 49ers and like the offensive players the offensive players I think that we all kind of need the same things on offense to can because I don't think that the 49ers really want to change too much about mm-hmm. uh, their offense this season. I think they want to keep this core together as much as possible. Uh, I think that there's a, there, there are a few guys that people are expecting them to bring back that they aren't going to bring back. Um, but the main free agents, uh, I just want to start with the 49ers, Lakin Tomlinson. Uh, they've got DJ Jones, Kwan Williams, uh, Raheem Mostert, Jason Verrett, and Jaquaski Tart. Right. I don't think those are the main guys. I mean, they've got a whole laundry list. Of guys that are that are uh, restricted and and a whole different bunch of titles, but mm-hmm. uh, Lakin Tomlinson, this is a controversial take I know, but I don't think he's coming back. Yeah, uh, I think he's going to be too much money. Yeah, and uh, DJ Jones, as much as I love DJ Jones, I don't think he's coming back. <laughs> yeah, it's very possible. I think that they're going to try and bring Kinlaw, uh, put Kinlaw in that spot, and force because they know. We know that what they did with Eric Armstead, they'll play guys out of position. Like, uh, and I because mm-hmm. I don't think Kinlaw is a is a nose tackle. I think he's a three. He should be a three tech. Three tech. Yeah. But I just think that they're going to try and force him to be a nose because of his size and like uh, and because of his strength. I just uh, I just think that they're going to have to do that too, so that they can sign some other pieces. They need safety because I don't think Jaquaski Tart's going to be back. All the guys mm-hmm. I named, I don't think are going to be back. All these guys, all these main guys that I just named, I don't think they're going. Any of them are going to be back. Kwan, I don't think he's going to be back. Mostert, I don't think he's coming back. Jason Verrett is the only one that I think might come back on the cheap. I'm with you there. I'm with you on the on the mo. Oh, I almost said Mostert. Jason Verrett. We talked a little bit before coming on here as well too, and I do think be, because he's cheap, because he's coming off an injury, you can buy low and potentially you know get high reward out of this guy. So I definitely think, and with the needs that we already have, right? Like we need a slot corner with those two guys. Could you potentially have, could you potentially see Ambry Thomas stay on the outside, Emmanuel Mosley stay on the outside or put Emmanuel Mosley at nickel and let Jason Verrett play outside. Like I could see that happening. So I, I definitely, I think some Niners fans probably won't want to hear that because we we are uh, scarred by having players who've been injury prone and it's, you know, sometimes changed the course of our whole season just a year, a year ago, it, it really marred the whole season, right? So yeah. I totally understand where people are coming from with that. But I think from a from a business standpoint, when you can buy low on a Jason Verrett and potentially get high reward out of that, especially if he does want to keep playing even after this next year, he's going into what, his age 31 season, like he's on the back end of his career for sure. This is a guy I could see them bringing back for sure. I don't know. I don't know if I'm as fully pessimistic on the rest of those guys coming back. I'll say this. I'll say this in regards to to Raheem Mostert. 
that's a guy I would like to bring back at a certain price. Yeah. Because I think he brings and I wouldn't I would nine times out of ten, my philosophy when it comes to running backs is not to sign them to a second contract because I do think that you can get similar value, similar production. I thought we got similar value, not same production, but similar value from uh, Elijah Mitchell. And he's going to continue to improve. I don't think he's quite as good as a lot of people say he is. And that doesn't mean I think he's bad. I think he's a very, very solid back. But with Raheem Mostert, he provides a whole nother element that we don't have on the field right now. And that's why we saw Debo Samuel turn into the wide back that he was because Debo, Debo Samuel, Raheem Mostert, those are your two more freakier af- athletes on the team, really in the whole league as well, too. Like, I'm not calling him this guy, but Raheem Mostert has legitimate CJ2K breakaway type speed. This is the guy. This is the guy you can get the ball and he can turn something into nothing. Next thing you know, it's a touchdown, 80 yards down the field on the Jets, you know? So when it comes to Raheem Mostert, not only is he fast, but I think his vision is underrated as well, too. And I think we actually saw that based on what we saw from Elijah Mitchell. I thought that there were multiple times where Elijah Mitchell left yards on the field. One, due to him not necessarily having that breakaway speed that Raheem Mostert has, but also uh, cutting things back inside when he could have, you know, potentially stayed on the outside and got extra yards as well, too. Long story short, I'd love to see Raheem Mostert be brought back. I go back to his 2019 season where he split carries with uh, Tevin Coleman. In that season, they both carried the rock 137 times. Mostert gained 772 yards, eight touchdowns. Coleman had 137 carries, 544 yards, six TDs. So I look at those numbers and I look watching the games again, that's thunder and lightning to me right there. And I think at this point in his career, the 49ers now know Raheem Mostert isn't in every down and every down back. Like running backs get hurt. I don't even think that's an indictment on him. Running backs get hurt. And the way that the 49ers have used their running backs over the past couple of years with Jimmy Garoppolo and have how Kyle Shanahan has seemingly got tighter, I would say, with Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, you need to have solid depth running the ball, as well as I think going forward forward with uh, Trey Lance, we're still going to run the ball. Maybe are we going to run the ball as much as we do with Jimmy Garoppolo? Maybe not quite as much, but I don't think it's going to be a drastic difference whatsoever. Long story short, when I'm talking about Raheem Moser, I'd love to see him back at the right price. Now, you did also say we're going to be competing with other, you know, with other teams as well, too. I look at the Dolphins. I think they'd be someone who'd be interested in in him. That's just the first one that comes to mind. Uh, so he could potentially get priced out. Would he would he be interested in that? Maybe. I think he's from Florida. So I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised to see him go back. I think Mike McDaniel would love to have him. He very much could be their lead back over there. Uh, he'd, he'd, he'd step into the building day one and be their best back, no question. So it, we'll see what happens. We will see what happens. I think the Niners definitely want him back. I think they'll probably make a contract offer. Uh, he seems to be like, he seems like he wants to be back here. He's never said anything bad, real supportive of his teammates. At the end of the day, if it's a business decision and he gets offered you know, more than the Niners are willing to offer, what does he value? Does he value coming back to the Niners or does he value a surefire starting role somewhere else who knows yeah it's uh when you talk about miami i i think and this is just my my imagination maybe uh getting away with me a little bit but i almost think like they are going to let i think kyle is going to let mike mcdaniel have raheem mostert like just 
just uh, because he's got already got Elijah Mitchell. He's they've mm -hmm. got to do something with Trey Sermon. I have thoughts on that. <laughs> and uh, and the uh, and then also you still got you can still got Hasty that you can bring back cheap. Uh, and then they're going to you know they're going to either draft somebody late or yeah. get another undrafted free agent, and it's going to be another speedster. Like uh, so, it's they they've proven that they don't really need Mostert. Like uh, mm -hmm. he does absolutely bring a dynamic this dynamic uh, thing to our uh, to our running game to where it's just a home run on any given any given run. So right, I just feel like. I just feel like they don't want to pay him because he's brittle. And uh, and sure. that's why I think that they may just gift him to Mike McDaniel to kind of ease the transition for him. Uh, just because, I mean, he is, they are, they would be sending him to the AFC. So, right. Um, like, Let me ask you this though. Let me ask you this. Yeah. I, I think, so I agree. Do they need him? No, but based off, we, Based off how we saw really the whole second half of the season and Debo Samuel turning into that wide back, they clearly value it, right? They value they value that element. So that's my only other hesitance there to say that they just let him go. They clearly value it. Otherwise, they could have let Jeff Wilson get more carries. They really could have let Jermichael Hasty get some more carries. But they really once it really got tight and we needed to win all these games to go to the playoffs, it was Debo Samuel and it was Elijah Mitchell. So for me. That gives me pause just to say that they're just going to let him go because they clearly value the tools that he brings. That's my only hesitance. But yeah, for sure, I, I completely agree with you. But the, I just think that the amount of injuries that he's that he's had, like uh, I mean, he's never made it through a season, right. and uh, uh, so I just, I just, I, I just think that they've uh, last season they kind of showed that they were trying to move away from from uh, those injury prone guys. Uh, you saw it in the draft. They didn't pick anybody that had any kind of injury issues. Uh, mm -hmm. And I feel like that that is a new kind of thing that the that the front office is working towards is uh, after that disaster of a 2020. Like, right. uh, I think that they're really focusing on getting guys. And I think and honestly, I think that's why they moved on from Jimmy uh, was because it was the injury prone uh, stuff. I don't think it was necessary. I still think that Shanahan believes he can win with Jimmy. But yeah. it was the injury stuff and the availability. Your best ability is availability, and right. uh, so I just—that's uh, the only thing that gives me that gives me pause. They, I think you have Elijah Mitchell. He, just like you said, he is not. Uh, he's still learning, mm -hmm. but I think that next season he's going to be better. He's right. going to be better. He's going to have a full off season as the and really as the main back. And then you got. I think that they're going to get something out of Tracer. They've got to get. Something I agree. Out of Tracer, like, Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, that's that's just what I thought of it. Um, I mean, look at with with Trey Sermon. I'll say this part about Trey Sermon. I think that's the best thing that could have ever happened. Anthony Lynn. The Anthony Lynn signing is the best thing that could have happened yes. to Trey Sermon. I really fully believe that. Like I said earlier, he's been the leader of top top uh, top notch run offenses, whether it be you know, multiple backs working together, you know, in tandem or producing 1000 yard rushers. And you look at Melvin Gordon, Melvin Gordon is <laughs> Melvin Gordon is Trey Sermon, 6'1", 215, 32 and a half inch arms. You look at Sermon, six foot, 215, 33 and a half inch arms. I'm just saying there's a track record there for him to get something out of him. Now, he's not going to be a thousand plus yard rusher next year. I don't expect that because you still have Elijah Mitchell. Could he potentially overtake Elijah Mitchell in the starting role over time? 
I definitely think that's possible. Definitely. But we have to see something from him first before I say that. I think that I think he can. But if barring any major injury to Elijah Mitchell and or Trey Sermon, I like the tandem of them together. I absolutely like the where that could lead to. I like where that can go. Now, the last thing I'll say, too, if we don't see much from him next year, then there's a lot of cause for concern. It's like, OK, what's it's two years in now. We're not seeing much from him. You have to let somebody else besides just Elijah Mitchell see the field. And if we're hanging on to Jermichael Hasty, who's a, a good back, I'm not trying to crap on the guy. He's a good back, too. But you also drafted this guy in the third round. So if we're not seeing much from him at that point, that's legitimate cause for concern in my head. I expect that we'll see something from him. And like I said, I think the Anthony Lynn signing was probably the best thing to happen for Trey Sermon going forward. Yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, and I think that uh, I, I think the same thing for Trey Sermon. I, I was I kept rooting for him to get on the field. I don't even care if he does if he does bad. Like uh, I just wanted mm-hmm. to I just wanted to see it. And the the little bit of the little bit of times that he got on the field, he just he does have a little bit of you can see the athleticism that right. uh, the, the extra athleticism that he has over like an Elijah Mitchell. Elijah Mitchell has just pure speed. He's a one cat yeah. guy. And he just has speed and he can run through tackles. Like mm-hmm. uh, Trey Sermon has a little bit of wiggle to him, too much for, and I feel like it's too much for Shanahan. And like, I agree. Uh, and that's all it is. Like, uh, but he needs to be, he's going to learn, I think, in this offseason to be more of a one cut guy and get to that second level. That's yep. when you show your wiggle. That's when we want to see the wiggle. Yes. Like, uh, 100% uh, agree. Uh, so, yeah, I think, and then I think that they're going to, they're, they always take at least one undrafted guy or a guy late round. So like, it's yeah. going to be, uh, I'm looking at, uh, Beatty from, uh, yeah. Tyler or Tyler. Yeah. yeah. I think it's Tyler Beatty from, uh, cause he's projecting right now to go kind of that, uh, fifth, sixth round. Uh, like mm-hmm. uh, thinking, I'm thinking him. And, uh, there was another guy from North Carolina, Ty. Yeah. 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 I know you're talking about uh, Chandler. Ty guy. Chandler. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I know who you're talking about. Guy. I'm looking at right now that uh, that I think might be available down the down the way, uh, but we'll see after the combine. Uh, yeah, I've got to do I've got to do some more research into these running backs. I haven't done a whole lot of that part yet, but I have those two guys on my list. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, can I name one other guy that I hope the Niners look at in free agency? Yeah, at least look at. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say it. <laughs> Cordero Patterson. I'd love to see him on the team. I just, yeah. from a versatility standpoint alone, it gets me pumped up. Yeah. Debo and CPAT in the backfield <laughs> with Trey Lance. Well, they said, juice in the slot, Kittle on a tight end leak out. Like, oh my gosh. I just, that'd just be a fun one. With Trey Lance, there's so many, it opens up so many options that we, there's probably so many guys that we can look at in free agency and the draft that we'd be like, oh, this would be a perfect. Perfect fit for the 49ers because Trey Lance, he can throw, he can run, he can right. do anything. Like, uh, and it's, uh, it, yeah, I'm so excited for Trey Lance, and that's something that we'll talk about later. But I'm so excited, pumped. I don't care anything, and I'm gonna get your your uh, your takes on uh, the Brady and Aaron Rodgers and all that stuff. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. Don't they put much stock into it, but uh, but but yeah, like uh, I think that I'm so excited for Trey Lance. And uh, and it's it's gonna be it's gonna be great. I think because just like you said, there's just so many guys that you can kind of plug into that system that could probably flourish with him at quarterback. Right. Uh, but 
Cordero Patterson, I heard, is already is our the the Jets have already like kind of put a marker. They zeroed in on him. They're gonna go after him. So there's a lot of teams. That was my other point, though. There's a lot of teams that are legitimately interested in him. I mean, the Falcons don't want him to go. I've been tuned into some of the, you know some of their their fans. They don't want him to go. I saw even some Vikings fans talking about him. I'm like, dude, you have Madison and you have uh, Dalvin Cook. What are you talking about? But I've seen that. Um, yeah. I, I definitely think the deal, he's going to be highly sought after. That's no question there because he's a good player. He still yeah, has a lot of value. Yes, he's on the other side of 30, but he's still very valuable. He's still a very valuable guy. And even I say this, even if so, if the Niners somehow do sign him, that's a guy that provides a lot of versatility. Clearly, we all know that he could still potentially do punt returns, kick returns, too. And we know that Kyle Shanahan's the type of guy that doesn't just want to have a specialist back there. He wants a guy that's going to be used in multiple roles because that saves, that allows a, uh, one of those 53 spots to be, you know, a guy that's not just a, a specialist, things like that. So that's an, just, just another layer that I can see them potentially being interested in a guy like that. And then I, I've been trying to tweet it into, into existence, if I'm going to be honest. I've posted multiple tweets on it. I always tag him. I tag Debo. I know that they're, they're boys. They talk. So, who knows what will happen? You know players talk, and I love that. I don't know what they say, but, you know, guys would love to play with one another. So who knows? Who knows what will happen? And and, I, and I'll tell you, you know, I think Debo is just a likable guy. I The more I see him on – I constantly see him on Twitter talking. I think that it showed a lot that OBJ went up to him after the after the game. Yeah. The championship. I think that other players on other teams like this guy so much – then I think that that's a good thing for the 49ers because oh, yeah. when it comes time, like uh, for them to get these free agents, they want to come and play with a guy like that. Like, uh, and it's, uh, I just love that we picked him because I was honestly, I wanted DK when, when we were drafted. Yeah. yeah so did I. I was so mad. Like, <laughs> but I think it all turned out for the best. I don't think that there's even a wide back position without him going specifically to the 49ers. And, uh, right. And, it's uh, I, I love Debo. I love Debo to death. But there's a couple of free agents that uh, for the 49er, like uh, as far as the 49ers go, like uh, that I'm that I'm kind of looking at. Like, uh, I mean, we talked about Von Miller earlier. I think mm-hmm. that he's a fit uh, depending on the price. Chandler oh, yeah. Jones. Chandler Oof. Jones. Uh, he's I think he might be pricey, but I think he might come for a uh, for a deal for like a little bit cheaper if he was coming to a winner. Uh, and uh, okay. so, I mean, it could be, but he's already got one ring, so that's not a given. And uh, yeah, but I look at Ryan Jensen center. For, yep. uh, like uh, I look at him also in just in case Mac retires that cause they're, yep. got, they're not going to be able to draft a guy that's ready uh, for to go week one uh, for it's for the center position. That would be a disaster. For Trey right. like I agree. I have to get have a veteran there. So I I think of Ryan Jensen if it just if Mac retires. Um I was as far as corner goes, I was looking really because I really feel the cor- uh, cornerback. Everybody on Twitter is always talking about we need a cornerback, we need a cornerback. So I mean I'm looking at a couple yeah. of guys. First I was looking at Carlton Davis. Like mm-hmm. uh, but it looks like they're gonna franchise him. Yeah, I don't think they're gonna let him go. I really don't see it. Yeah. So now I'm looking at, uh, and then I heard, uh, I, who were they talking about earlier today? Uh, the guy from the Raiders. Oh, yeah. They're talking about um, uh, Casey Hayward. There we go. Yeah, Casey Hayward. And uh, But 
I don't really think he's a good fit. And I heard a lot of people talking about him. I don't really think he's a good fit for what we do. He's a little older. And, uh, and yeah, I just don't think he's a really good fit for our our team. Uh, yeah. Who I'm looking at right now is Razul Douglas. Right. Uh, I think that from, on the, from the Packers, I think that he is a really good fit for what we do. Uh, right. He plays – they don't really ask him to play a lot of man, but right. I don't think we're going to ask him to play a lot of man. <laughs> and uh, right. and then, but he can play it if need be. Uh, and then the other guy I'm looking at is uh, I had it right on my notes. Akello Witherspoon. Yes, Akello Witherspoon. Yeah. Well, yeah. Now, speak on it. Don't kill the messenger, Niner fans. But and I know a lot of people were like, "Oh, I don't want to see that guy back on the team." This is the thing. He's going to be cheaper. He's going to be cheaper. He knows the system. He's going to be uh, – he proved last season on, on Pittsburgh that he was mm-hmm. solid. He was solid for them. And granted, he had his, he had his ups and downs uh, when he was play, playing for Seattle. That's why they let him go. Right. Uh, but, but I think that Akello, he, he would be asked – he wouldn't be coming here to be a starter. He'd be coming here for depth. And right. that, I think, is the perfect position for him. He'd almost be like your uh, a rich man's Dante Johnson for us, and uh, and like uh, so. I just think that he would be a good fit, and uh, I think Lakin Tomlinson is like I said. I don't think he's going to be coming back to us, but I think he's a fit for all the teams in the NFC West, which is which uh, is like not a good sign for us. But um, the last guy that that I'm really looking at that's a fit for us in free agency. Is wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Before you get too far, can we talk about those two corners real quick? Can I can yeah, I say some thoughts on those sure, two real man. quick? So no no, I'm with I'm with you on I'm with you on the Witherspoon and Rasul 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 Douglas. I'll dive into that a little bit too. I want to say this though, when it comes to Witherspoon, it's one of those things. I think you said it perfectly in your description. You said he's solid, right? He was solid last year. I agree. I think he has stretches where he looks like he's really solid to a to to arguably above average play. And then he has moments where, you know, he, he kind of doesn't play as well too. But I, I understand that in the sense of that, I think over the course of a season, he can give you league average play to slightly above it. I think at his, at his peak, he can give you, I think he could give you slightly above league average play, to be honest. He's a, but also we have to look at what the Niners need and, and, and what they what they've shown to go for. And that's where I think you and I agree on Witherspoon and Rasul Douglas. These are two guys that are longer. They're long, like six foot two, arguably six foot three, um, more maligned, more maligned guys. Rasul Douglas, 26. He's a four-year vet, but he's bounced around to six different teams. And really he was on the practice squad until like week six. He, he signs with the Packers. He starts playing with them week six. Show had a really good season. The dude, dude actually was a pro bowler this year. I think he was a Pro Bowl alternate, but was was a Pro Bowler. Five picks on the season. He really held it down while Jair Alexander was out. Jair and and Eric Stokes. But the difference is, obviously, Jair is going to be back. Uh, Eric Stokes has shown that he's you know he deserves to be CB two. Continue to play. It's Rasul Douglas who actually helped them not have to play Kevin King. So that being said, the fact that he is a four year vet, he did play well to close really for this season. I think that he's the type of guy, if he gets a long-term contract, it'll be like a four years. I actually looked on SpotRack, and they had him, they have him valued, his market value is four years, 36.9 mil, uh, 9.2 mil annual salary. 
So that's pretty solid if he goes for a, a longer term deal. And based off of the season that he had, while it was a, I don't want to call it a, a one-off because I'm hoping it's not a one-off. He showed good things. I think he showed really good qualities to be a really good corner. That because it's not a pre, because corner is a premium position, I can see him getting a four-year deal in that range. I think that's fair. Will the Niners be the team to do that? I don't know, but I could see a path where the Niners say, look, I can get the best bang for my buck. This is a guy that can come in, whether it be him, whether it be Witherspoon. Those are two guys. I have a list of other guys, too. I've said Desmond King, Mike Hughes. Those are, you know, DJ Reed. Those are more slot guys. But when it comes to Rasul Douglas, Witherspoon, those are guys who have showed the ability and play really well on the outside. Those are two guys, though, that could come in, potentially push Ambry Thomas at minimum. I'm not saying they'll, they'll overtake him. At minimum, they could push him. And if they do overtake him, you still have uh, Ambry Thomas, who's developing behind the scenes as well, too. And, you know, he's still seeing the field as well, too. So for me, I, I agree with you 100 percent. Rasul Douglas, I don't think we're going to hear a lot about him. I don't think Niners fans are going to talk about him a lot. Witherspoon, I can guarantee Niners fans will talk about him a lot. Yeah. Uh, I have one other guy, uh, Stephon Gilmore, as well. I think that's a guy that could potentially get brought in on a two-year a two-year contract, maybe 32 mil, 16 mil a season. Uh, 16 mil a season. I think he's valued at like 28.4, but I think you're going to have to overpay a little bit. I can see the Niners looking at that as well, too. But just in, in regards to those corners, I wanted just to mention that I'm right there with you. I think it's smart that we're talking about it. I don't think a lot of people will talk about a couple of those guys, though. Yeah, for sure. And the only reason why I don't see them going after uh, Stefan Gilmore, I like that you brought him up. Uh, because the only reason why I don't see them going after Stephon Gilmore is because they don't – I don't feel the 49ers value corners. Right, <laughs> like I, right, right. I, just, I think that they feel that they can bring guys off the scrap heap, and especially D'Amico just has shown that you can just throw guys out there, and I'm going to make it work. <laughs> like uh, So right. uh, they, I think that they're going to pay – they're going to use that money uh, elsewhere. I think that – we. I'm what I'm hoping is that they use that money for the offensive line, and right? Like, uh, uh, because there's another guy, there's another guy that I'm going to get into in a minute. That, but I like that you brought up DJ Reed also because, uh, as much as I liked Lenore, uh, he had his struggles, and uh, but I I would like to see him strictly in the slot, and me too. Uh, that's really what they brought him in for, right. and uh, like I would like to see him play strictly in the slot. But if he does struggle. I could see them bringing in DJ Reed to, to play that slot position. I could also see them uh, making having Emmanuel Mosley go into mm -hmm. the slot and then having, but that's why you would have an Akello Witherspoon or exactly. a Will Douglas to move to the outside and then have right. them move into the inside. I, I just think that that would be a perfect, and you're still going to, you know, Dante Johnson going to make his, his way onto oh, the, yeah. the squad somehow, some way. Somehow. I, thought he, I thought he earned it this year too. So shout out yeah, to him. Yeah. He, he earned it. The versatility he provides with, you know, playing outside, playing inside and playing both safety positions like that's actually invaluable. I know he's not the greatest player ever. I like him best as like a CB5, CB6, but he absolutely has value. One hundred percent. No question. And if, if you look at just the list of guys that I've listed besides Rasul Douglas, besides Witherspoon, I had obviously Verrett if, if, if he's brought back on cheap. But I also said uh, Desmond King, Mike Hughes. DJ yeah. Reed, you and I, we've talked about those guys. What do they have in common? Well, they're nickel guys. They all can play in the nickel. They also have the versatility to, versatility to play outside as well, too. So, you know, this is all in the case that K1 Williams isn't brought back. I know you said you think he's going to be gone. 
I I don't mind if he wouldn't if he's not back either. But I think that I mentioned like a Desmond King who I think could potentially get priced out too. I actually think he's one of the better slot corners in the league. DJ Reed, I know he plays in Seattle. He's he's one of the better ones too. Kind of more underrated. Desmond yeah. King, I think, is known a bit more. And then Mike Hughes is probably the tier right below those guys. And not by a lot, but I think the versatility that all three of those guys bring from playing the inside to playing the outside uh, is really big. But what do we know that the 49ers value in terms of a nickel corner? Well, you better be able to tackle. And that's what Kwan Williams was good at. His run fitting is probably the best in the league, in my opinion. Now, he, we've seen him be got a few times in man coverage, especially, you know, slot fades. We've seen that multiple times. So will they will they bring him back? I don't know. I think I'd rather not bring him back. I think I'd, I'd like to see Demo, what he can or can't do. But I'm also not sold. I'm not sold by any means on, on Demo as well, too. But I'd like to bring in a guy that's either going to push him or be better and, and allow him, allow Demo to come out here and really earn the job, too. So that's just me. Um, I also feel the same way about Ambry Thomas, who I've been admittedly very high on. I like what I've seen from him. It's just too early to say what he is or isn't yet. The dude has not played 10 games. I think he's played like eight, seven or eight games. So, And, yes, they were important ones, right, down the stretch of the season, played in the playoffs, and played very well. I like the measurables. I like everything that I've seen from him, from him so far. I'm just saying he's not in a position yet to be able to automatically come into a season without like being pushed. I absolutely would bring guys in that could push him at minimum. Yeah. He, uh, Ambry, it almost reminds me a little bit of Akello, of Akello Witherspoon, mm -hmm. because he's, he is, he is a prisoner of his emotions. Like, uh, if, yeah. if that makes any sense. He, if he doesn't feel confident, when he feels confident, I, I think he's locked down. Like, uh, yeah. like we saw it as the games, uh, as we started going down the stretch and we started getting in the playoffs, he and he felt like he was that dude, like, uh, he was locking down and he was going to yeah. tell you about it after. Like, right. uh, but in the beginning, if he doesn't have that, when he didn't have that confidence and he wasn't confident in what, confident in what he was doing, it was you could see him kind of fall into that shell and he was just getting burnt all over the place. Uh, yeah. Because it was, a, I think it was more of a confidence issue than anything. And granted, he hadn't played in a whole season, so he had to work himself back into into that type of shape. But man, uh, and I learned this from from uh, Crocker. Yeah, mm -hmm. like, uh, but uh, but his click and close in zone, yes, is is nice. Like very. Uh, and I was I was really I'm I'm really can't wait to see him in this uh, next. I think he's really going to take the next step uh, because of the playoff experience that he got. I think that's only right. going to do well for him. Um, but yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the last thing I'll say there about Ambry is, you know, you're right. He is a prisoner of his emotions of the moment in terms of, you know, can really, really what I'm trying to say is he just needed to make a play. Yep. He just needed to make a play. This is, this was his first legitimate, like he was a rookie. So, I, I, it's too early for me to say what he is or isn't because he's only played not quite 10 games. But I think when you play corner, you absolutely 100% have to have confidence. 100%. You can't be second guessing or you're done. Like you're beat. If you're second guessing even a little bit, that's sometimes all it takes to, you know, a touchdown. It's that little difference. So for me, what I'd say there is, yes, the he, he needed to make a play. And now that he made a play, 
you, you know, obviously the game ceiling interception. That could be, I actually tweeted about this when that happened. I said that could be the play that jump starts his whole career. I'm not saying what he will or won't become, but I haven't put any limitations on what he can become yet. I'm not saying he's going to become Jalen Ramsey, not saying that. I absolutely think he has the talent. I absolutely think he has the tools to for sure be a starting cornerback in this league. No questions. Yes. No question. But yeah, his, uh, I, I was really encouraged because he didn't get a, uh, because he didn't get, he didn't really play zone at all in college. And mm-hmm. uh, he played mostly press man. And uh, so to see his growth in zone was really, uh, I, I just thought, uh, I just thought he was, I, I can't wait for next season to see him, uh, to see him grow a little bit. But there was, there's one more guy that I want to talk about for the 49ers, and it goes on the offensive sure. line, like uh, Connor Williams. For okay, uh, yeah. Like, uh, I think that if they let Lakin Tomlinson go, I can totally see them paying Connor Williams just a little bit less than what Lakin Tomlinson's going to get. And I think he actually might be a better fit. Okay, <laughs> like, okay. Because they both run zone. Mm-hmm. Dallas, Dallas runs, also runs the zone. The zone offense also, and uh, it's. I think he's more of a mauler than uh, than Lakin is, and uh, yes, I think he might give even more of a physical nature, especially if you put him next to to uh, to Trey. T. Will, yeah, uh, yeah, to, to Trey Williams. Like uh, I just think that 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 could be devastate a devastating side of the line uh, with him on there. I like Lakin, but right, but uh, but I just feel like. You see it on the sideline. Trent Trent has to get him up like a lot of the time, like mm-hmm. uh, for like it punch him on the pads and like, all right, you the best, and get him juiced up. <laughs> like, uh, I don't think he'd have to do that with Connor. Like I agree, I agree. So it's uh, it, it's just uh, it would just be different, and I think that uh, I think that they're going to draft a guard and center, uh, a guy that they were talking about, uh, one of the main guys, Don, uh, Donovan West. Like uh, we oh were yeah on uh-huh. Twitter yesterday. Is he I Texas A and M? Huh? Is he Texas A and M? That's the kid from Texas. No, A&M. he was ASU. ASU. Okay. Yeah, like yeah, but uh, I had actually put him in my first mock draft, uh, my very first mock draft in January, like mm-hmm. uh, because I had saw some video of him and uh, and he he's actually one of the, the the youngest players in the in the draft, but this kid he plays guard mostly guard, but he can't play center. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm just really, I'm really hoping that the Niners go for him. He's probably going to go in that third, that third to fourth range, right? Um, just because he's younger and uh, and because he's not really as well known. But I think he may be after the combine, which really mm-hmm. kind of scares me. I think he might end up going up to that second round level after the combine because he does. He's very athletic. It's going to test well, yeah. So we'll see. But uh, but yeah, it's. Uh, Let me ask you this. Yeah. So. At what point, especially if we do, let's say, let's say Lakin prices himself himself out. At what point do we turn the rock over to Lakin, Lakin, Jalen Moore, and Aaron Banks? What do you think about those two guys? Are you concerned? I think a concern is fair, but I think it's also too soon to say what they will or won't be. But I think I could potentially get league average play out of those two guys especially one's going to be lined up next to Trent Williams. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think you could get league average play for a fraction of the cost from Lakin Tomlinson. That's why I'm sitting here saying 
my heart, ideally, you know, you want to keep Lakin. I love Lakin as a player. I love his durability. I don't want to see him go. No question about it. And he was, you know, he was a trade from the from the Lions. I thought he continued to improve every year. Like sentimentality wise, I don't want the guy gone. Yeah. But business wise, if I have the, I don't even say, I don't even know that it's going to happen. But that's what you make trades for. This is what the business is about. You bank on a guy becoming a good player, and you have to give him that opportunity. So that's why I mentioned these two. If we move off Lakin, which is a very legitimate possibility, because I think the Miami Dolphins will look at him. I think the Bengals will look at him and they'll throw the bag at him. So that that being said, if you have the option of having one of these younger guys playing next to Trent Williams and yeah. I could potentially get league average play out of that, man, that's hard to that's hard to bypass. So I want with that in mind, that's why I wonder about Connor Williams. I'm not even saying that's impossible or that we shouldn't do it. I'm just curious what your thoughts on those guys. My well, so my thinking my think my whole thought process around it is is this is if like if we lose Lakin, like uh, mm-hmm. so, I like Lakin, uh, mm-hmm. and like uh, I I would love to keep him, but I think if he gets the the bag thrown at him like you were just talking about, mm-hmm. I just don't think that they're gonna. I don't think that they're gonna match. I I look at the at the Niners and I think that they got burned a couple of times overpaying for guys, and right. I don't think that they want to go back there, and uh, and it's I think that they think that they have a solid team and that they do have. Uh, like you said, Jalen Moore. They do have. Uh, they do because we don't know about McGlinchey yet either. We yeah. don't truthfully. That's why I mentioned both we of them. We don't know about McGlinchey. That's another. Like I really think that uh, Jalen Moore is going to end up being that right tackle. I really, so do I, I. really think that he's going to end up being that. Uh, so do I. And uh, the other, the other piece is Aaron Banks. You would have to put him at the left guard spot because he's going to have to be next to Trent Williams. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't like the pick. I, I didn't either. I was not expecting it. I was shocked, like when they did it, because I was just like, "Okay, you got all these guys that fit your system that are on the board, and you decide." And then they tried to make excuses, saying <laughs> that, uh, saying that, uh, "Oh yeah, well he he has this percentage of zone. He did well on this percentage of zone replay." Anybody looking at that guy play, looking at the video of that guy playing, knows that he's not a zone, uh, a zone yeah. guy. Like, no, uh, no, he's just, not. I, I, I didn't, I didn't understand it. Now, with that being said, we saw him on the sideline during the playoffs. He's lost some weight. It mm-hmm. looks like they asked him to slim down. Do they, uh, like, are they going to try and transition him to that left guard spot to take over for Lakin? And I think that that might be what their plan is. Mm-hmm. I just, uh, I just don't know. I think that they're, uh, I think that they're going to draft somebody. Yeah, like, yeah, uh, again. And they also have McKinnon. this is the biggest need if we're going to be real. What we're talking yeah. about right now, people don't want to talk about this. Yeah. This right here is the, actually the biggest need. <laughs> yeah, I, that's why that's why I'm talking about Donovan West is because I yeah. think is is because I feel like that right guard spot is going to be the spot. Really, we've talked about it for the last couple of years now. Yeah, <laughs> like yep. but it's and we've plugged it, plugged it, plugged it. We keep sticking our hole, our finger in the the hole in the dam, but eventually right. that's going to bust through. And uh, and we're gonna and I I get it that Tom Compton uh, was serviceable, but like I just don't I don't I don't and Brunskill he's a decent player he needs to be a swing tackle I think that's his best position mm-hmm. uh, he's not a star, he's not a starter he he performed admirably all season long but right. I just feel like they could upgrade this position they are in a position to do that you have to do that 
because you're well, I think they're going to sign somebody in free agency, right? Like, I this might be a position where they're going to go draft and free agency. And I'm not even saying just right guard, but O line in general. Let me give yeah. you three guards that I have, like that I'm thinking. I got Austin Corbett from the Rams, so that'd be us stealing the Rams. That's another guy that we're sitting here, you know, going with the theme of this podcast here today. We're going to be battling with some of these some of these other teams in our division for similar guys. Austin Corbett from the Rams. Will Hernandez, that's another guy. I think he last played for the Giants, if I can remember correctly. He's solid. And then a guy that's been decent so far throughout his career, still young and has a lot of, I would say, upside, James Daniels. I think okay. he's going into the year 20 or uh, he's going into his age 25 season. That's a, These aren't the best, you know, guards ever in the league or anything like that. But these are definitely guys who could come in and give you league average play. And I'd feel comfortable with that. So I have those three on my list that I'm keeping my eyes on. Now, like I said earlier, and what, what you're saying here as well, too, we might look back on this in two months and be like, wow, we were wrong about that because they addressed such and such in the draft, you know. But these are names that I would probably have my eyes on. These are names that I think the Niners probably would have on a on a board somewhere too. So those are three guys. I have a two more for you, Connor or uh, Andrew Norwell, mm -hmm. and uh, Morgan Moses off the Jets. Yeah, yeah, like I thought about those guys more. as well too. Yep. So yeah, there's there's a lot of it's it's not just deep in the draft; it is deep in free agency. Also, the offensive line. Yes. Team. So I think the 49ers have a real opportunity to really just kind of solidify this line. I think right. they have a lot of players. They have a lot. They actually have sneaky a sneaky amount of depth on their offensive line, but they just have they're all the same. <laughs> they're all the same skill. They're all the same. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you mentioned Ryan Jensen earlier, just in regards to centers. I have him on my list as well, too. But I also I think a lot of people won't necessarily say this name either. Alex Kappa. He also is from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I have him. And I also listed Bradley Bozeman as well from the Ravens. These are two teams that are also run heavy as well, too. Obviously, we know, you know, no risk it, no biscuit. And they pass the ball with Tom Brady as well, too. Yeah. But they also run the ball really, really well and consistently as well, too. Like they want to establish the run, too. So I've got those three guys as well, too, on my list as guys that I think could transition seamlessly, really, to the Niners. Those yeah. three those three centers. Yeah, I agree. But I think that that uh, we we look at guard. Uh, but if they could if they could solidify the right tackle spot, uh, yep. because I think that McGlinchey, I think that they just need to move move on. In my in my in my estimation, it's not that mm -hmm. McGlinchey is bad per se. Mm -hmm. I, it's just that he's obviously a really good run guy, but you know what he is. You already know what right. if you have an opportunity to upgrade for for not not what McGlinchey's going to end up having to wanting to get paid then. Right. Then why don't you just go ahead and do that? Do that now and get just a guy that may not be as good of a run blocker, but he's solid across all the way right. across. And like uh, I think that that might be so if they because if they can solidify that, I think that Jalen Moore could be your right guard. I mm -hmm. think that uh, uh, that McKivitz. I think that McKivitz could be in the mix. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's it. it what would I a trade package look like that for him? What could a trade package? What could a trade package look like for him? I just, I, I don't. I wonder, coming off this injury, how could we really move him? That's just my question, and I, I'm legitimately open. Like that's an open-ended question. That's what I. That's the only. That's what goes through my head. Yeah, it's it. I, I don't think they're going to get a lot for him because yeah. he's coming off the injury. But I just think that you have to move on. You're definitely not going to pay him, and you don't want if you can get anything 
for him, mm-hmm. I think you just do it. Like, uh, and I, even enough. if it means packaging him with Jimmy, like, uh, yeah, and Colts just, or something. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, and getting a play, getting another player and a pick for Jimmy would be ideal. I like, uh, I look at, uh, this is kind of off topic, but I look at, I'm, I really look at Denver for mm-hmm. Jimmy and, yeah. uh, and I'm looking at if they could pack somehow package him with, uh, uh, with a McGlinchey and maybe take one of those young safeties that they got. Mm. I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind that. Cause they got, I just, I guess my thing with Denver is, and this is like you said, it's off topic. So we don't have to stay long about it. I don't know if Denver is a good fit. I don't know if Jimmy is a good fit for Denver, if that makes sense. I actually think they have enough weapons to really actually stretch the field, but Jimmy's not really going to do that. They also have weapons like Jerry Judy, who can play well over the center of the field as well, too. Real good route runner. But I think he's a really good. I think he's a really good young player. Obviously, yeah. they have Noah Fant. I believe they still have Albert Okwuebenam. He's a good tight end as well, too. Real athletic. So those are guys that would get a lot of work with Jimmy Garoppolo, but. I look at KJ Hamler and uh, what's his name? Uh, Cortland Sutton as well. He's another guy that would probably be Jimmy's best friend. Uh, exactly. So they have the, it, it, it's a good fit if because they're not, he wouldn't stretch the field, but I think that they have players that they also want to stretch the field. But at the same time, they made it work with Teddy Bridgewater this year. So same thing. who knows? I, I think that's good. We could talk about Jimmy if you want to. I, I, I think about the commanders, I think about the. The Steelers, those are the two I really think of. Uh, but you did. I, I'll say this. You made me start thinking about a potential trade of Jimmy, including McGlinchey. I look at the Colts and think that they have to be kind of all over that, especially if they are going to move off of Carson Wentz, which I think they probably will. Yeah. That, it's, it, it, it's interesting. That's interesting to me. It's just, I mean, we always, we always work into these, well, we just assume that it's just going to be Jimmy. For uh, like, mm-hmm. uh, and that's all that's going to go in. But it always ends up being something off the wall, and nobody expects it. <laughs> and like, yeah. and then we're looking back, like, oh, why, why didn't we see that? See that coming? <laughs> and uh, and so I just, I'm just kind of opening my mind to to things that are possible that could happen. And and it might even be like almost like a Madden move, like, uh, but mm-hmm. but you got to think about that too, like uh, because some of those trades actually happen. And uh, right. so it's just uh, Jimmy. I, I think he's a fit for a lot of teams. And uh, yeah, not that I am. Believe me, I am not a Jimmy apologist. Right. Like, but I also think that it there. He is not the only one to blame for his struggles. And not at all. I think that uh, I think that he gets caught up in his head a lot. We talked about mental spaces earlier, and I think that with Kyle, Kyle is such a stickler for his system and that specific reads and like, uh, and that kind of stuff. And I think that Jimmy always gets caught up in that. And, right. And he just thinks too, he thinks too much because when he first got there, he like, they simplified the, they simplified the offense and like, uh, and he was just hitting the open guy. And that was right. when he went off. Like, uh, and I think that he could do that for another team, depending on what that, what that team uh, has him doing. I just, I, who knows? I just I think we might see more out of Jimmy than than what we saw in on our team. Like uh, that's fair. That's fair. I I got to be honest. I think that they. I think Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy are both at fault. No no question. 
It's not all just Jimmy. And I don't think, you know, you'll hear people say Jimmy's trash. Well, guess what, guys? He's still one of the 32 better quarterbacks in the league. If you think he's average, if you think he's an average starting quarterback, then you think he's one of the 32 best quarterbacks in the league. You just don't want to say that. But that's what you're saying when you say he, he he's an average quarterback. That's literally what we're saying. So because he's that and because not every quarterback can be elite, yes, you absolutely can win games with the Jimmy Garoppolo. We've seen that. He's proven that. Like you said, his big thing has been the injury. And no, he's not the greatest quarterback. He's not. He doesn't have the crazy arm talent of a Trey Lance or a Patrick Mahomes. Can you win games with him? Yes, absolutely. But at the same time, I do also think that Kyle Shanahan's system raises the floor of some of these guys. I don't think that Jimmy has a high ceiling, but I think that Kyle Shanahan's system raises the floor. I think you might. I personally feel we've seen the best Jimmy probably here unless he goes to a certain if he goes to Pittsburgh the culture, the stability they have with the coach there, I can see him being similar to the same Jimmy, and that can be enough. I do think so. Yeah. If he goes to the commanders, I think that there are weapons there. I, I like Terry McLaurin. I think Curtis Samuel is a really solid receiver, and I re I was a big fan of Deami Brown coming out of North Carolina last year. So I like those three guys. I know, same. And then, uh, what's his name? They still have J.D. McKissick. And Antonio Gibson, I think, is a really solid young running back as well, too. So I think I think he could be set up for success there as well, too. But what do those two teams have in common? They both have really good defenses, too. And I think that that's a big thing. So if you're trading Jimmy, my thing is if you're trading Jimmy to a, a, a Pittsburgh, to a Washington, I'd say, look, I'll trade him. I want a player back – a player and potentially a pick back. I'd look at a guy like Kendall Fuller. I don't know if you've seen my post or heard me talk about yeah, it. I've looked at that. I'd look at a guy like that. It, it's a, it helps the Niners. It also helps them because they need a quarterback, whether if it's the commanders, but also you could sit there and say, look, Jimmy hasn't proven to be healthy, but when he does, he wins. Could we potentially do a third round pick that could be a conditional second or even a fourth to a conditional third? Is that possible? Maybe, you know, maybe they'd sign off on that because when he is healthy, he has proven to be able to win games. Now, I don't think Jimmy is the type of quarterback that's going to lead you to wins, but he can be a quarterback that's that helps steer the ship. Um, yeah. And before we head out here, too, I know we have to head out here pretty soon, too. Yeah, if you want to talk about our quarterbacks that, you know, we would like to see for the 49ers, I do have thoughts on that. But the, just closing out Jimmy Garoppolo, that's kind of my thoughts. So I think Jimmy Garoppolo is is more of an average quarterback, but I think people have to understand and know that that's okay. Not every quarterback is elite. Not every quarterback can be one of those top seven guys who I think really the top seven guys are consistently the same. That means they're consistently the elite level quarterbacks in our league, if we're going to be honest. About eight through the rest of that, is, you know, there's tears to it. Not every quarterback can be those top top guys. Jimmy's not one of those guys, but he for sure has proven that you can win with those guys. Now, can you win a Super Bowl? That's yet to be seen. He hasn't done that, but you can win games with that, with that, with the quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, for sure. I, I completely agree with everything you said. Like uh, it's uh, and uh, and we'll absolutely just real quick get into like uh, yeah. the quarterbacks, the possible backup quarterbacks. I got a couple in mind, and I know you've got a couple in mind. But why don't you mm -hmm. tell us about the the because uh, you said you had a couple of tiers. Yeah. Yeah. I have, I have two tiers for these backups that I, I kind of, I call them. So my tier one, I called it serviceable, serviceable to solid backups. One of them. So the first one I have is Andy Dalton, you know, former starting quarterback, 
lots of good experience. Uh, he comes in with good experience as well, too. You know, he was a starter at Cincinnati for like 10 years. Uh, he's one of those guys I, I coined just like Jimmy. He's one of those guys now at this stage in his career. He can help steer the ship, so to speak, uh, rather than be like a defining reason we would win games. But as we've proven with Jimmy Garoppolo, we don't necessarily need the quarterback to carry it. So I think uh, Andy Dalton, he's a very competent fill-in. I would not mind that as a backup. That's, that's the first one. Second one is Jacoby Brissett. It's another guy coming in with 37 games of starting experience. Uh, I think he's more of a closer fit, probably a really good fit financially wise. He won't break the bank. And as a baseline, he's a guy who can provide competent QB play in a pinch, whether it be, you know, he needs to play for one to three games. He's also sat behind Tom Brady and, you know, he sat behind other really good quarterbacks too. So he'd have no problem sitting behind a Trey Lance. I think he could probably be one of those guys who uh, would be a solid prop, a solid prop up for, for, for Trey Lance as well too. Solid uh, voice in his ear. Now my second tier, I've got three guys there. I call it the ideal backup. And the first one, I'm sure you have it on your list too. Uh, Tyrod Taylor. Yeah. I call that guy an all pro professional. I just think he's, he's one of the, one of the more better guys you probably could have in a locker room. Uh, I don't think he's ever been in trouble. He's uh, been a starting quarterback, 53 games starting experience. He's also been a backup, you know, behind younger guys, whether it be Baker Mayfield, you know, so he's got a lot of experience being the guy and being the backup guy. Uh, he's also led a team to the playoffs. 2017 led the Bills to the playoffs. Mm -hmm. um, and then his familiarity with Anthony Lynn as well, too. I think all that plays a factor. Uh, he would also allow the 49ers, really all, all three of these guys in, in, this, in this tier here, would allow the Niners to run a similar, if not the exact same game plan that we'd run for Trey Lance because of their ability to use their legs. So that's the first one. Second one is Mitch Trubisky, young mobile quarterback. He's got some starting experience too. You know, maybe he won't ever live up to his high draft uh, level. Maybe he won't ever be that guy. Uh, but his physical traits uh, would do really well in a Shanahan-led offense. Uh, he can extend plays with his legs. And I think he does have a good enough arm to make all the throws that are needed in this offense. So that's the second one. And then the last one here is just the probably the more ideal but probably a little price out of our range. We probably won't be able to get this guy, but I think it's ideal. Marcus Mariota. A lot of people forget he's still only 28 years old. Yeah. Obviously, he's backed up Derek Carr for the past couple of years. Uh, but his physical talent that made him a top, you know, a top two pick, overall pick, he still has that uh, size, speed, ability to run, and then the ability to um, run the same game plan as Trey Lance. All that weighs into it for me. I think he would be the best case scenario. Ultimately, though, he might he might end up being a little bit more on the pricier side. And may, that's my only drawback to us, maybe not being able to sign that guy. But those five guys I'm looking at saying I'd love I'd love to see them sign one of those five guys. Yeah, I, I like. Uh, well, you took all of mine, like uh, because <laughs> I was looking at uh, Mitch Trubisky was my number one. OK, uh, I think that for all the reasons you just put uh, put out there, it's uh, I just think that. He got a raw deal in Chicago. I thought, yeah. that was, I think Nagy is the worst coach on the planet. And, uh, and I just think I just look at what he, what he was doing at Justin Fields this season. And it was just, uh, made me want to throw up in my mouth. Like, uh, he, uh, but yeah, I just, I, I really like Mitch Trubisky's traits. And I think that in, uh, and he would, 
flourish in a Shanahan uh, system where he got to, they would just run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. And he only had to throw the ball 25 times a game. I think that he'd be really good in that system. Also Jacoby Brissett, Jacoby Brissett. I've liked from for years now as a backup. I, and every year I sit there and I tell, and I tell people, why don't they go out and get uh, Jacoby Brissett, go get Jacoby Brissett. Like uh, he's, Anytime he's had to come in for uh, for an injured quarterback, he can get you wins because he's just even keeled. He's a professional. He like uh, he 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 played under Brady, so uh, and he looked good. He looked good in New England, like when he was there. So, New England and the Colts. Like yeah, he comes from he comes from stable environments. There's yeah. something to be said for that. And when he plays, he gives you solid, competent quarterback play. Exactly. I'll take it. <laughs> exactly, and he's cheap. Like, I mean, you can't you can't be mad at any of those at any of those things. So uh, then, of course, Tyrod Taylor, like uh, for the obvious reasons, uh, he, the Anthony Lynn connection. And also he's a pro. The only thing about Tyrod Taylor is he stays injured. But 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 he'd be our the backup. So hopefully he wouldn't get injured as the backup. <laughs> right. Hopefully he's only playing it if, if we have to have play him for one exactly. to two to three games. So, so. but yeah, Tyrod Taylor, most definitely. Um, and, and there was, uh, there was one, there was one other guy that I, that I was uh, thinking that might, uh, that might get actually taken out of his position. I, because I think Ooh, taken out, I think like, uh, that, uh, I think Dre, Drew Locke is going to be on the, on oh, uh, yeah. going away, going away somewhere. And yeah. He's done. They're going to get him for cheap. I think that he might be a good like backup somewhere. Uh, because yeah. he has a the kid has a he has a good arm. He just, he's got solid mobility too. Don't don't yeah. get it twisted. He he actually can run a little bit too. So that's not bad. That's not as a backup. I think that's absolutely uh, an underrated one right there. That's good. That's yeah, a good find. Might become available uh, because I, I just think that they're going to want to start. Fre- I think they're going to want to start fresh in Denver. In yeah, opinion. Denver's done with him. You, yeah. yeah, they're done with him. <laughs> I, I'm with you on that. But uh, those are those are mine. And like, uh, but yeah, hey man. I really appreciate you coming on today, and like it was great having you on. It was great talking about all these uh, free agent uh, thing, bouncing ideas off of you, and uh, and really coming and you giving me some things to think about uh, for for my next podcast. And like, for sure. <laughs> hopefully, for sure, we uh, hopefully we can have you on again. Uh, I can I can uh, I can't wait for this uh, this off season to really get kicked off, and really for me, it gets kicked off with the combine. But uh, but yeah, I'd love to bring you back and and we'll talk some draft and and all that good stuff. One hundred percent, absolutely, Peter. I want to thank you again for having me on. It's been a pleasure. It's been an honor. I I had just as much fun as I thought I was going to have coming on. Like I said, I already valued and respected your opinion, and it's nice just to roll things off and you know question me on certain things and make me expand my thinking uh, around some of these free agents as well too. And you know, right now it's all just, you know, speculation on what we think the 49ers might do. You know, that's all we can say right now. But it's fun being able to look at, you know, these free agents and look at these draft prospects and say, ooh, I think that's a good fit. We'll see if the Niners see it too. So absolutely right there with you. I think uh, I've had a great a great time today. Look forward uh, to doing it with you again sometime. And anytime, man, just say the word. All right. Hey, I appreciate that. And Hey, thank you everybody for listening and for watching uh, today. This is also going to be on, uh, I'm going to upload it to Anchor later on today so you can listen in at your leisure. Uh, it'll be on Spotify. It'll be on all the major podcast uh, uh, outlets. So 
but uh, you can still watch it on YouTube, still watch it on Facebook, still watch it on Twitter. So, but uh, thank you. Thanks, Jamal, for coming on. And uh, thank you guys all for watching. And I'll see you next week at same time, Wednesdays, 630 Pacific time. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. And go Niners. Go Niners.